this is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 67. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might be listening to the show. And also remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk about a little bit more at the tail end of this episode. So this week, I wanted to tackle a subject that I get asked frequently. Uh, I frequently get questions about this particular topic from student photographers or people that are just starting out. And that is the subject of tripods. Now, I know tripods can be a controversial subject sometimes in the world of photography. Uh, Some photographers will say, oh, you'll never need one. There's no point in buying one. They're too much hassle. They're too much pain to set up. You'll, You'll never have a real need for one. So don't waste your money. And and I disagree. Now, granted, tripods can be a bit of a pain to carry with you all the time. I'm I'm not going to deny that. Uh, But there are times when you absolutely want or need a tripod. And one of the best examples of a time when you would need a tripod is if you want to do long exposure photography. And the reason for that is because When you're doing long exposure photography and you're keeping your shutter open for an extended period of time, generally using bulb mode or something like that, you don't want the camera to move, not even the slightest. You don't want it to move, wiggle. You don't want it to do anything that's going to create a blurry shot. So this is exactly the kind of time when you're going to want a tripod. Now, keep in mind that you want a tripod, but you don't want to get one that's a piece of garbage. (laughs) And I'll get into what I mean by that in just a moment. But here, uh, I'm going to show you here in a second, and I'll include the still in the video for this week's episode so you can see it, it, uh, it, you know, better. Um, But here's an example of an image I did um, a few years back. Now, this was when I was living in Gwinnett County, and I actually went up to the small town of between Georgia uh, late at night. It was around midnight. And I posted my camera on a tripod right along Highway 78. And I did a nighttime long exposure uh, along Highway 78 as the traffic was driving by. And this is the kind of image that I was able to get from that. Um, And I call this image the wall of light. And it's really cool. Um, As you can see, there's light beams at different heights. And that's because not only did cars and trucks go by as I was making this exposure, but so did a tractor trailer. And that's why you have some of these higher light beams, you know, higher up in the frame is because that was a tractor trailer going by. And this is really cool. I love doing nighttime long exposures because this is one of the things that where you can really get creative and you can see, you know, from this image how the taillights on the vehicles passing by, and there's even a mixture of headlights of cars going the other way, and that's what the little beams of white light are down here uh, towards this part of the frame. But the 
tail lights especially create a really cool effect because they basically look like laser beams, which is really cool. At least I think it's cool. A lot of people seem to to uh, find it aesthetically pleasing. Um, but that's how I did that shot. Now, you don't need a particular camera to do a good nighttime long exposure, and you don't have to just do nighttime long exposure. Maybe you want to do daytime long exposure. Uh, daytime long exposure, a prime example of that, is when you're going to want to make a waterfall um, look misty, um, or if you want water, let's say you're doing a, a seascape, or you're doing a daytime long exposure at a lake or a pond or, or a river, and you want the water to look perfectly calm like a sheet of glass. Now, in order to do that, you have to do what's called a daytime long exposure. Now, the one thing to keep in mind would do, um, when it comes to nighttime versus daytime long exposures is at nighttime, you don't have tons of light. So... You can do your long exposure and you generally don't have to worry about it becoming overexposed because you're going to have minimal light at nighttime. You're going to have whatever ambient light is in the air from the stars and the moon and stuff like that. And then any street lights or vehicle lights and stuff like that. So you're going to have minimum light doing a nighttime long exposure where if you're doing a daytime long exposure, you're more than likely going to have to use what's called a neutral density filter. And an ND filter is basically, the easiest way to think of it is like sunglasses for your lens. So you put the ND filter on the end of your lens, and they come at different levels. You can get them anywhere from level 1 to level 10, and it just means how much they reduce the light. Um, so if you put an ND filter on the front of your lens, and then you do a, a, a long exposure during the daytime, that's how you get... A body of water to look like it's perfectly calm smooth like a sheet of glass and that's how you can also make waterfalls look really misty and cool and if you bear with me a second here i'm going to see if i can find one of my um waterfall shots that i did long exposure um as i'm talking to you and, and recording this episode i'm going to see if i can pull one up uh from my profile on im because i know i have a few of them on there um but while i'm waiting for that to load so, like I said, you don't need a special camera. You don't have to have crop versus full frame or full frame versus uh, DSLR versus mirrorless. None of that matters. You can do a nighttime or daytime long expo exposure with any camera. Um, it doesn't matter if it's micro four thirds, uh, APS-C, full frame, DSLR, mirrorless, doesn't matter. Any camera is going to be capable of doing a long exposure photograph. Um, whether it's daytime or nighttime. So let me scroll down my feed here real quick, and I'll see if I can find one of the cool waterfall shots. Um, that one there is a waterfall, but it wasn't the effect I was going for there, and I didn't use an ND filter on that one. Um, so I'm trying to find one because I know I shot some up at Amicalola Falls and uh, a couple of the other waterfalls here in Georgia that I visited. Okay, so here's why. Here's a couple of them. Okay, so this one I shot at Amicalola Falls. And again, I'll include the still of this in the video for this episode so you can see it better. Um, but as you notice here, the water, as it's cascading over the rocks, it looks more like mist than it does water. And you get that effect from using an ND filter and doing a long exposure. So that is how I got the, that kind of look on there. I shot this one uh, four years ago, back in 2016. And I don't remember how long of an exposure it was. I think it was about 30 seconds, somewhere around there. 
Um, and then I have another one from the very top of Amicalola Falls that I did, this one right here. And uh, again, you can see how instead of looking like water, it's looking like mist or smoke that's pouring down over the rocks instead. And that, again, is what you get from doing a daytime long exposure with an ND filter. Here's a third shot of the same waterfall from the very bottom. And again, I uh, did this one. It was about a 30-second 30 uh, second exposure. Um, and that's the cool effect that you can get with the water when you do a daytime long exposure with an ND filter. Okay, so getting back to the subject for this week, which is tripods. There's all kinds of tripods, and I know it gets confusing for a lot of people, especially if you're a student photographer, if you're going to school to get your certificate, you know, a diploma or a degree in photography. It can be confusing, and you can't always get good answers when you ask other people. Um, and I, I do get emails all the time, especially from students, um, asking my opinion on tripods, what they should get for a tripod. Now, you don't have to buy a super expensive tripod for several hundreds or thousands of dollars, but you don't want to get a, a cheap piece of crap, as I would put it. So I've got a couple of my tripod here that I'm going to show you. Let me grab this first one here. Now, this one here is what I would call a cheap piece of crap. <laughs> um, but I'll explain in a minute why I bought this. This is an Amazon Basics tripod. I think this thing was like 15 bucks or maybe 20 bucks on Amazon. And it comes with a pan and tilt video head. Um, most tripods will have uh, the ability to remove the head and put other heads on them. As a matter of fact, your better quality tripods don't come with a head, usually unless it's part of a bundle from the manufacturer, from like Manfrotto, or Gitzo, or Benro, or somebody like that. This one is a pan and tilt video head, and it's got bubble levels in it and all that good stuff. Um, but this one's permanently attached to this cheap tripod. And now you're probably asking yourself, well, why the hell do you have a $15, $20 tripod if, if they're crap? Well, I have this one because even though it's a crap tripod to be honest i wouldn't put my dslrs when i had them on it or my mirrorless all my camera bodies now are mirrorless i wouldn't put an expensive camera body on here that weighs quite a bit with an expensive lens no i have this cheap tripod because it's perfect for my gopro you know my gopro only weighs a few ounces so this tripod is more than sturdy enough to hold one of my gopros and be stable and and it does have a center column and it gives you the ability to weight it down with like a sandbag or something like that it's got the little weighting hook on the bottom here that you should be able to see um and you can uh, lock it so this middle part doesn't slide up and down when you don't want it to it's got this little adjuster to lock it and this is the thing that kills me the most with these cheap ones it's got a little crank handle and that this little crank handle is actually how you raise and lower the center column of the tripod. See that? Most tripods, you, you loosen something here, and then the center column will just slide up and down. Now, even once you loosen this up, you still have to crank this one up and down. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cheesy. It's it's pretty much all made up completely out of plastic. I don't think any of this anything in this thing is metal. Uh, this may look like metal, but I think it's just silver-painted plastic, um, to be perfectly honest, or, or it's real thin aluminum or tin or something like that but i wanted to show you this one just don't get a tripod like this to hold your dslr or mirrorless camera 
because this thing's not reliable enough um, not to put a decent, you know, a fair amount of weight on, you know, especially if you're using a telephoto lens or something like that. You don't want to put a big heavy lens and camera body combination on this thing and hope to God it's going to keep it upright because chances are it's going to fall over and your gear is going to get busted. Now, the other one I have here is my Gitzo. Okay, so this is my Gitzo. This is a carbon fiber tripod, really high strength. Um, this is the Gitzo GT0532. Uh, I think it's Mountaineers, the model series um, tripod, and it's carbon fiber. Now, this one here is like 600 bucks. No, you don't need to spend 600 bucks on a tripod, um, but I did. I wanted a really good, high-quality carbon fiber model, especially with the CRPS I have in my right arm. Um, I have aluminum tripods as well that I'm not going to show you in this episode. I have a, an aluminum one from Manfrotto. That's an excellent tripod. Um, not nearly as expensive as this. I think the Manfrotto uh, aluminum tripod I have when it was brand new was like 150 200 bucks, something like that. Um but believe it or not, aluminum can get heavy. That's a lot heavier than carbon fiber. So on this carbon fiber Gitzo, and this is what I'm going to show you, well, I, I was talking about a moment ago. There, the, see the tripod head came right off. This is a Manfrotto ball head. Um, I don't remember what model this is. Oh, it's their BHQ2 uh, ball head. This is one of the best ball heads on the market. Super high quality. The thing I don't like about the cheaper ball heads is they'll have two or three, you know, adjusters on them that you can tighten down. But so many of the cheap ball heads, even when you tighten these as tight as you can get them, the ball head will still flop around and you risk, you know, dumping your camera and lens or something like that, or just having to flip over and bang against the side of it. So I recommend these tripod heads. Now, I know a company called Platypod, which I have one of their metal plate tripods, um, and it's really fantastic. I have the Platypod Max. They're coming out with a totally new design for a ball head that I would love to check out, but it's not going to be on the market until like this coming December of 2020. And it's like three, four hundred dollars just for the head. Now, this one here is about 175, 180 bucks. So it's not super cheap. But as you can see, when you buy the tripod from somebody like Gitzo, uh, Manfrotto, Benro, unless it's a bundle set where it comes with a head, this is all you're going to get. You're just going to get the legs. And then you have to buy your own head and screw it on the top here. And they all pretty much take the same size. Um, had the same size. It's quarter 20 usually, or sometimes they're three eighths 20. Um, but most of your high quality stuff will come with the adapter so you can make it fit either one. Um, but that's my, uh, that's my Gitzo carbon fiber tripod. And I absolutely love this one. And the nice thing about the Manfrotto head I have on it is this is my EOS R. I'm shooting this video with the RP. Um, oh shoot. I thought I had my, uh, my tripod plate on here and I don't, I must've taken it off and forgot that I did. But anyways, this would normally just snap and lock right on here and then you're good to go. And once that's locked on there, this thing ain't going nowhere. So definitely if you're going to buy a tripod, buy yourself a quality tripod. Now, like I said, you don't have to spend $600 like I did on this one. Um, but don't spend 20 bucks and then put, you know, two, three, four, five thousand dollar camera on a twenty dollar tripod 
and expect that it's going to be safe and secure and you're not going to risk damaging your camera and lens because you're going to be disappointed because it's going to happen. Trust me, it's going to happen. Um, but there are some really good, there's some really excellent um, tripods that you can get. And you can go on Amazon. You can go to Manfrotto's website, um, Benro's website, whatever. But just go on to someplace like Amazon and do a search for tripod. You'll see some good ones. The uh, Geek Odo is pretty decent. That one's only 70 bucks, and it does come with a ball head of its own. Um, the Amazon Basics one that I showed you a little bit ago is actually now up to $25, which is weird because when I bought it, it was only like 15 or 20 a couple of years ago. Um, but you'll see there's all kinds of them on here, and you can buy them in aluminum. You can buy them in carbon fiber. It just depends on what your needs are. Um, but now here's a nice Benro the Benro System Go tripod. It's aluminum. Um, it's really nice. And I'll share a link to this one in the show notes for this episode so that you can check it out for yourself. And if you decide it's the one that you want to try, um, you could always buy it. And because uh, what I'll do is I'll give you the link to it on Amazon. So you can just click on it in the show notes and go right to it um, without any problem. Uh, but this one's a really nice one. And they do offer this one in both aluminum and carbon fiber. So you can pick what you want. Now, for the aluminum one, uh, the aluminum model, and this is uh, one series. They have two series. Well, actually, they have three series, but this model is only available in series one, series two. Uh, it's $151.95 for the series one version. Uh, for the aluminum series two, it's $202.95. It's a, a beefier uh, version of this tripod, a little more heavy duty. It can handle more maximum payload. Um, and then, of course, like I said, you can get an aluminum or carbon fiber, but unfortunately, both the Series 1 and 2 aren't currently available on Amazon um, in carbon fiber. So I don't know how expensive it would be um, because it says currently unavailable, so it doesn't give me the price. But just to give you an idea, and there's lots of other ones you can find on uh, Amazon. You got Vanguard makes some good tripods as well. Um, I have a Vanguard tripod head. I don't have one of their tripods, but and they range in price. I mean, their least expensive model is $99, and their most expensive one is $339. So you don't have to go over overkill. Now, these are all carbon fiber ones, the Vanguard models here that go from $99 to $339. Those are all carbon fiber models, not aluminum. Um and like I said, it's personal preference thing. I personally prefer carbon fiber because it's so much lighter, but it is a lot more expensive. So you're going to want to keep that in mind. Um, so aluminum might be fine for what you're doing, especially if you don't have any you know, issues with your arms or anything like that, like I do from a previous injury. Then the aluminum one is going to be perfectly fine for you and, you, and you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to get a lot of good use out of it. Now, the type of um, extensions uh, is going to depend uh, they come with these twist locks, and I can show you here again on my Gitzo. So the way you extend the legs on this is it has twist locks, and you just turn them a little bit to loosen them, and then you extend the legs out like this, and then you twist them back to lock them in place, and, you know, reverse the process when you want to fold it back up. Now, they do also have uh, tripods and monopods, uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're talking tripods or monopods. The other common um, type of extender is these flip locks. Um, now, like I said, this this is a cheap plastic tripod, and the flip locks are even cheap plastic. Um, but those are quick and easy to use. Like I said, you just flip them open, slide it up or down, and then flick it closed, and it's locked. 
They do have some. Now, my, my Manfrotto aluminum tripod that's upstairs is a fairly older model. It's probably six, seven, eight years old now. And it's actually got twists, um, kind of like wing nuts, where the uh, segments are. So instead of flipping open like this, or, sorry, I hit the microphone, or uh, twisting like my, my Gitzo does, they actually have... Um, like a little wing nut on the side of them that you loosen up and then you can extend it and then you tighten that back up. So those are the three most common types of adjustments for the leg uh, leg sections on tripods and monopods. But as I said here, this one's a really nice one. Vanguard is a very good, very reputable company. They make high quality stuff. And this is all carbon fiber here. So anywhere from 99 to 339 99 um, so you can't go wrong with them. Benro is another fantastic manufacturer. I don't have any of their tripods. I do have a couple of their monopods and love them. Um, but I've been thinking about getting one of their tripods as well. I just haven't done it yet. Um, but anyways, uh, like I said, you don't want to skimp on your tripod. If you're going to buy one, buy a good quality one, one that's going to last, one that's going to be strong enough for the gear that you're putting on it. And maximum payload, if you look up, when you look up at a tripod or monopod on Amazon or anywhere else and you scroll down to get the specs for it, it'll tell you on there somewhere in the specifications what the maximum payload is. So, so the this uh, the Vanguard one that actually weighs 3.25 pounds, that's how much this particular tripod weighs in carbon fiber. And I'm looking here. Uh, but the weird thing is, is I'm not seeing what its maximum payload weight is, uh, which is kind of weird because usually they tell you that in specifications. I don't know why they don't on this one, uh, but it can range. So you want to keep, oh, okay, here we go. I'm sorry. You can read it in the text details up here in the product description. It'll carry a camera and lens combination up to a maximum weight of 8.8 .8 pounds. So you do not want to go over that weight. My rule of thumb is always buy heavier than what you need. So if you check out, look up the weight for your camera body, whether it's a you know Canon SL1 or a Nikon D750 or whatever the case may be, uh, just do a Google search, go to the manufacturer's website, look up that body and see how much it says the camera weighs with a memory card, with memory cards and the battery in it. And then get the weight of your heaviest lens. So if your camera body, let's say, weighs two and a half pounds and your heaviest lens weighs five pounds, then you're at seven and a half pounds. And if that's your heaviest lens, then this 8.8 .8 pound carbon fiber Vanguard tripod will be plenty heavy enough for what you want to use. You know, you won't have to worry about your, your setup outweighing the the rated payload of, this, uh, of that tripod. Now, if I go down to... Um, Let's say they're 100 and let's go to their $189 carbon fiber tripod. And let's see what the maximum payload is for that one. And for that one, it's 13.2 pounds. So that's a considerable, considerably more heavy duty tripod. And you're going to get better performance with that, especially if you have like a 100 to 400 millimeter lens like I do. Or if you got one of the Tamron or Sigma, you know, 150 to 600, something like that. Those lenses tend to be fairly heavy. So you're definitely going to want to get a tripod that's going to be rated for a much higher maximum payload just so you don't have any potential accidents. I don't want anybody to damage their gear. 
All right, I am going to go ahead and wrap up this episode 67 of the Land Photography Podcast. I want to thank you so much again for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, and also for checking out the the accompanying videos on YouTube. Uh, Please remember to subscribe on there and click the little bell icon so you can be notified when new episodes are posted. Uh, Also, remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, but you can request to join. You only have to answer one question to join the group, and that is the name of the host of the show, which is myself, Liam, or you can put Liam Douglas. And I've also opened it up so you can also give the name of any of the guests I've had on the show in the last year, whether it's Ruben Naha, uh, Jill Mott, Ellie Cat. Uh, John Harvell or Jeff Harmon from the Master of Photography and Photo Taco podcast. Any of those will get you in. And once you're in, you're free to post um, your images. Please only post your own original work. Don't post other people's photos, even if you have permission. That will get you banned. Now, one last thing I wanted to mention in this episode. I've had a lot of people ask me about my shirt that I'm wearing that says I shoot raw. And I've had so many people asking me about these shirts and comment on these shirts. These are not my shirts. Well, this one's my shirt. I bought it. It's, you know, it's mine. I bought it to wear. Um, But the shirt itself is actually uh, made by a gentleman named Jared Poland in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He goes by Frono's Photo. Um, so if you haven't heard of Frono's photo on YouTube, I don't know what rock you've been under. He's been, he's been on YouTube for about 10 years and he's super popular. He does really great and funny videos, very informative videos, but he's the one that sells these shirts. Uh, I shoot raw was actually trademarked, trademarked by Jared. He owns the trademark for it. So you can go to Frono'sphoto.com and you can buy the shirts there. I've got this olive green one, which I like to wear with my camouflage shorts, my BDU shorts. I've got a couple of the black ones with white lettering. I've got a yellow one with black lettering. I've got a black one that was the limited edition that has the Game of Thrones font that says I shoot raw, even though I don't watch Game of Thrones. Um, And then I have a light blue one with white lettering. Now, he's recently come out with a subdued black one that's a black T-shirt with black I shoot raw lettering. Um, So it's what they call subdued. I'm thinking about picking a couple of those up. So he's the one that makes and sells the shirts. Uh, I highly recommend you check them out. Um, but he's the one you want to go to to get them from, and that's fronosphoto.com. I want to thank everybody for joining me again this week, and I will see you again in another seven days for episode 68.